It's the Said G Podcast Show. It's the Said G Podcast Show. Hello family and welcome back to the said G podcast show. I'm excited to be here with my family, which is you, the audience. I'm ready to go live with another episode. I want to thank everyone for checking out my other episodes, the the government and the mafia, MLK conspiracy and mental health with special guest mental health therapist, Brandy Flynn as we explore and spread awareness about good mental health. For those who haven't heard it, it's an important show, so I would encourage you to go take a listen to it. Today, I'm going to take it back to the roots, though, which is going to be a part of this podcast. You know, I'm in the category of society and culture, and culture can reflect on art, which got me in the broadcasting field. Of course, I've had a chance to work with different record labels, artists, and so forth. So I had to have art involved in this because it's a passion. This is Entertainment Reloaded. Today's special guest, I will have Minister Juan Monroe Wright L, author of the book, The Free Inhabitants of Several States, The Forgotten Proof Who African Americans Really Are. Also, I will have the very talented hip hop artist Lil Rica, plus entertainment consultant, the CEO of Spencer Brand Inc., an entertainment consulting firm. So let's get to it. It's the Said G Podcast Show, Entertainment Reloaded. Okay, I'm reloaded. Yes, and I'm on the line right now with Arthur Juan Wright L, author of the book, The Free Inhabitants of Several States. And we sort of go back a little bit, you know, um, know some of his people, they were great people. We had a good relationship. And through social media, we sort of all still sort of keep in touch, you know, following each other and stuff like that. But, you know, we wanted to get him on the show and discuss some things. And how you doing, Wine Right L? Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, what's going on with you, brother? It's all good, man. All right, man. Uh, we're going to start this thing off uh, before we actually jump into the book and other things you have going on. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, uh, you know, Thanks for having me on the show. For one, man, I appreciate you. You've been setting up the platform for. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you, man. As you know, man, I I grew up in Detroit on the East Side. You know, East Side, uh, East Side Rider, baby. <laughs> all day, <laughs> and uh, you know, started off in trouble as a, as a teen in school and all that stuff. Just never grabbed to me. And uh, I went to this one school that used to instill in us with me young, magnet middle school, child to Mr. Crab, the one that put this up in us, that we were the indigenous peoples, the original inhabitants of this place. When they say Indians, they was talking about 
African-Americans. You know, he was the first person to instill that in us then. Okay. And then, you know, growing up on the east side, you know, where it's a lot of, you know, temptations, trying to make it out, out of where you come from, wherever the area may be. No, it's just, it's just uh, hurdles, a lot of hurdles to lead to be successful where I'm from. Okay, okay. Um, um, you said something about getting in trouble as a young youth, and one of the things I will say that, you know, a lot of us growing up, like, in coming out of those situations which you just described, we start getting all these emotional, we get to the point that we get over-emotional, you know, would you think that's a good assessment? Um, yeah, that's a good assessment for, for a large percentage of them. Me in particular, though, you know, I was kind of like, kind of like lashing out right. at the, at the, at the home life type thing, you know what I'm saying? Right. There's a lot going on. Right. But, you know. Okay. Then I got into rap, thanks to my older brother, you know, Big Rank, shout out to Big Rank. Okay. You know? Yeah. He's he been doing this thing since the 80s, I used to always want to be a part of that. Right. Finally put me down with the rap. Okay. In 98, 97, 98. Right. It's a SSG thing. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was, it was popping for a while off that. Okay. It was associated with a certain bodyguard that was associated with a certain rapper. Right. And we got blackballed along with that bodyguard. Okay. So it was back to the drawing board. Okay. Got into a little scuffle. In high school, where kind of got the best of the dude to where they had to kind of like revive him. Okay. And uh, dealing with those type of charges, mm-hmm. it just opened my eyes up to what is it about letters and numbers that can uh, put us away for some time or attempt to put us away for some time, you know? Okay. So that made me start reading up on laws and stuff. Right. And as I got deeper and deeper in the laws, as the years went by, mm-hmm. so that's like twenty, that's like twenty years. That was in two thousand, right? Two thousand one, mm-hmm. where the incident I'm referring to happened. That made me start paying attention to what's real. Okay. Okay. And um, that's pretty much uh given some of your background if you look at a city like Detroit as a whole and the image of Detroit being you know uh, looking at it from the outside in it's always generally been bad like to the point where people think it's just tumbleweeds just rolling down the streets of Detroit you know and it's not just a, um, a American thing I mean people around the world view that as that but being around all that um it's from a general sense. Uh, what's your experience like dealing with all that being in Detroit? It's it's uh it's very challenging to stay motivated at times. Okay. You, know, you gotta really dig deep. You gotta dig deep within yourself okay. to pull uh, motivation to to strive to be better than your situation, your current situation. And that's really the main thing. Okay. So that I had to learn doing this thing called life, you know. Right. You just gotta pull whatever inspiration you got within yourself to take you up out of your situation. Because you know, at the end of the day, it all comes back on you and the action that you take. Okay, okay. And compare that in contrast, in contrast on 
the state of Detroit today? How would you describe the state of Detroit as of today? It looks oh, great man. to me. I just left there. Some parts, I mean, coming along. Are you talking you know? about the development? Yes, yeah, yes, it, yeah. They're developing all over. The oh. thing that I don't, I don't understand is, you know, our people think just because we see somebody building up, that right. means they exclude you. Right, okay. Uh, you know, Elaborate. Like that. Elaborate on that a little like, bit. Oh, right, like downtown, for instance. Okay. You know, they're building up by the campus marshes area. I don't know if you went down there when you came up here, faces, but, uh, you know, they building up. They doing big time million dollar projects down there. They got a club in the middle of the street down there. It's open all day, all night down there. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to do, you know, okay. but us having this mind talking about the indigenous people, the indigenous population, or the black population, if you call it that, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to think every time we see economic development, right. it's excluding us out of it. You okay. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even though they, they don't necessarily have us participating in the in the uh, manufacturing of it you know what I'm saying or we're not participating in the actual development okay but you know we definitely can be included in the results of uh, utilizing it okay okay Totally understandable you know I went a few places out there and there's still some uh, spots that look terrible and stuff like that you know but I think it's a lot long a long um, to where it was, you know, where people think it was tumbleweeds uh, just rolling down the streets of Detroit and where um, people are actually starting to talk more positively about it, you know. So the image is uh, is coming along a little bit better than these other cities like Chicago, you know, shout out to Chicago and stuff like that, but man. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, it's not as Detroit, it's still on the top of the, you know, um, when they do those stats on um, this the worst city, this the poorest city and stuff like that, them stats they be coming out with, you know, which I don't believe, but hey, it is what it is, so. They drop a census every year, right. and I ain't feel one out, so I know they ain't counting me and mine, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, okay. Stats, so. Okay, okay. Um, um, speaking of the book, The Free Inhabitants of Several States, uh, first and foremost, what's your inspiration to even becoming an art, uh, an author? You know, you explained uh, the musical inspiration, but what about actually writing a book? What, what, where the inspiration come from? Oh man, it was just me. I was going through all this court thing, so basically, I've been dealing with the court system since I was like 17. 16, 17, 18. Okay. And I started representing myself when I was like 19. And I haven't stopped doing that, you know what I'm saying? So in the process of doing that, you know, I gained friends, I gained a lot of enemies too, you know what I'm saying? So overall though, it just made me start reading more. And the inspiration for the book was I came across the Dred Scott case. The only thing I ever heard from the Dred Scott case was the quote that everybody say, the black man has nothing the white man has to respect. Okay. Until I read the whole full opinion of this case. Right. The full opinion of the case is over 800 pages. Okay. And it's like seven judges, Supreme Court judges that dissented, which means disagreed with the judge that said that. Okay. And made that final opinion. Right. And there's one judge in particular that I kind of based the book around. 
was his direct quotes. Okay. That we already was here. We already was conducting government. We let them in our government. Yeah. And in 1795, the Europeans, after they started practicing suffrage and uh, using tactics to, you know, get us out of it. Right. They tried to insert the word white in between free and inhabitant in North Carolina in 1795. Mm-hmm. And we struck it down. We, meaning the indigenous people who was leading that, that state of North Carolina at that time. Right. So we was the head of those states. Okay. Out of the seven, see, the Confederate states, they tell you it's Confederate, but they don't tell you why it's Confederate. Okay. You know? So. When you know about war tactics and military tactics, you learn about this one law. It's called capture the flag. Okay. And any flag you see somebody having with gold around it, that normally means they took it from somebody else. Okay. So when you look at the Confederate flag, what we call the Confederate flag, Mm -hmm. it could be four red clay pyramids at night with the new constellation 12 or uh, 13 stars which in our old ancient mind used to symbolize a new constellation or a new government the eagle land government you know right but you know me doing all this research and reading all these laws and stuff i found out that they know exactly who we are they know exactly what they did and know exactly why we're not in the position we should be in and it all basically came from none of us was making these books that we're being taught out of so if you beat me in a war but I'm controlling the printing office who own the books that your kids read right. of course I'm not going to tell them that you beat me this way right. I might add in a little bit of this I might add in a little bit of that I might take away this whole thing Okay. Like Prince Whipple with George Washington. You know what I'm saying? I might erase this whole segment of y'all history that I don't want your your uh, descendants to know. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's basically what made me author the book. I had the knowledge gathered already. Okay. And I did one interview on another podcast mm-hmm. that was more in depth of that type of niche market. You know that. sister is actually going to write a book about my nephew who was uh, murdered out there in Detroit, you know, so we've been dealing a lot with that, uh, but R.P. Soda, R.P. Soda Yeah, for sure, man, uh, we're going to put it together, I was just actually talking to her the other day about uh, when we going to uh, finish, because we already started writing it or whatever uh, we're going we, we, we to put it together though, but uh, you also said, um you got the new music coming out. Yeah, man. The uh, uh, Just Music Entertainment is the, the label. And we dropped our second global uh, distributed uh, EP album. Okay. Dropped a compilation mm-hmm. of the label. Right. You know, and they got everybody on there. They got me, your boy React, which is me. Okay. That's the name when I'm, you know, putting the mission through the music with mm-hmm. the ministry. Okay. You know, music and therapy for us coming up like this. Right. And uh, you got Killer E on there. You got Ugg Rock. 
got two cases now, too. Yeah, everybody down there from PFF on there, be some hard labor. Mm-hmm. You know, on there, we got track done by Big Rank on there, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Most of the track done by me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is called Jesse Music Entertainment Volume 1. Okay. You know, and uh, we just had to keep keep the music going because the music is what made people recognize us and, you know, see our struggle. That was the way we were able to relate to the masses, our, our message and our mission. Okay. You know, and our way to thinking outside of the box. So I just figured a way to further that on a, on a bigger global scale to reach more people, you know. Okay, okay. Well, well, now, where can people actually get the book from? You get the book on Amazon. If you got the Kindle, the little Kindle app, you can get it on Kindle. It's cheaper on Kindle. I made it 99 cents. Because most people on the go. Me, I'm like a paper guy. So I like to have paper proofs. I like to have everything hard copy. So I had to make it so, you know, there's other people that think like me. So I know they want books too. So I managed to get the book, or you can get the digital version, you know. Okay. What about, um, all, do you have do you have an audio book where they can actually listen to the book? No, I'm in the works of, of doing an audio book for the next book. Try, trying to do an audio book, find somebody with a, with a voice that that our people are listening to for okay. that amount of time. Now the book is only 24 pages, but the information is is so packed and it's so outside of the box and so different from what we've been uh, programmed or taught. social media uh, information. Okay, you can reach, the, the, the people can reach me on Facebook, if they on Facebook, you know, I'm really on there, so you can reach me on there at react, O-R-R-E-A-C-T, space O-R, on Facebook, you can reach me on Instagram, the boy react, Y-A, space B-O-Y, space react, and, uh, you know, shit, hit me up, you hit me up at the boy, Back on here, you know, it's all 
you know, I started out just interviewing artists and stuff like that. Then I said, you know what, well, I'm going to add a little bit more consciousness to the stuff. And, you know, now I'm at the point where I'm ready. Hello, family. I want to remind everyone that you can catch this podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, and coming soon to Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. 911. That's M-I-S-T-A 911. And you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Chronicles. My mission is to build a radio station, so if you want to become a sponsor of an episode, it only costs $20 for a 30-second commercial. Appreciate your family for checking out the Said G Podcast Show. Let's get back to the show. And yes, we Black Live on the Said G Podcast Show. As we continue this podcast on entertainment, the entertainment business, which is the roots of the said G just movement. And right now we're going back to Detroit and we got artists. We have artist Lil Rico on the phone. Welcome to the show, Lil Rico. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we sure appreciate you taking out your time to come join us and do this thing right here. And right about now, you know, we've been following your movement for a minute and you've been doing your thing for a minute. And you constantly making progress in your career, but let's take it back. Tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about, about your background, where you come from, and the experience about where you come from. Um. Well, I come from Detroit, Michigan. I'm 25. I come from two parents of background of music. Mm-hmm. Um. My mom was a uh, singer and a rapper and a model and she was featured on TV and my dad also was a rapper and a DJ and an entrepreneur so I just already had this business and music intuition already in me okay now you say you come from Detroit and I, you know, I just had Arthur Juan Wright L on uh, right before you came on and we was talking about his experience growing up in Detroit you know and the state of Detroit now um when you when you talk about Detroit from a worldly point of view most people think it is just before think it was just a desert with just tumbleweed just <laughs> rolling down the street you know literally uh, <laughs> which is not true Okay, but describe Detroit to, in your opinion, growing up in Detroit. Well, living in Detroit is mostly like any other high uh, traffic city life, but I mean, it's got its ups and downs, but Detroit is a very uh, a good musical vibe, like mostly everybody in Detroit make music or like music or contribute to something that has something to do with that environment, so... If you make music, then it, I mean, it's a good place for that kind of support. But then at the same time, since everyone do it, then everybody wants you to support them. So it's kind of hard to get that 
but it's not that big terrorist war zone everybody speak of. I mean, a lot of stuff happens because there's a lot of people here. But other than that, if you're from here, you know how to manage. You're not really scared to live here. Okay. That's all interesting. And, and, and as of Detroit, as of today, well, how would you describe the state of Detroit as of today? The state of Detroit as of today. I would, I would describe it as... Because, um, look, you know, they're doing a lot of building downtown area. I mean, some okay, areas yeah, looking nice. That, I would describe it as, as like a, re, a reinvention of the city, basically, because everything is elevating. They're putting a lot of money. A lot of other people are putting money into the city. Downtown mm-hmm. is becoming better. They built a new Little Caesars Arena. They mm-hmm. rebuilding the neighborhood, selling the houses for low so that we could be able to buy them, stuff like that, establish home ownership for the people here. They're trying to reinvent the city by 2020, so it's actually elevating a lot. Okay. And um, like I said, I've been following you um, for a minute now. We've all followed you. You know, you got followers from everywhere, and your, your, your career is steady progressing. And um, how would you fit yourself in um, in terms of what's going on in music today, just nationally, not just in Detroit? You know, do you see yourself fitting in with what's going on today nationally? I mean, um, I got my own vibe. Like people, people listen to me because they feel like I know how to rap. I'm not just doing it just because I got like a cute image or whatever. So, I mean, I definitely will fit in with the people that like bars and don't just, you know, just like beats. Because I got hard beats and I got hard lyrics. But, like, I wouldn't say that I fit into the, the super sexual stereotype of female rap. Right. But I definitely will make a, my own ways when they all hear it. Okay. And, you know, you have a lot of artists um, from Detroit. Um, you have Cash Dial out there. Uh I think one of the under, most underrated rappers out today is Big Sean. Like, I really love Big Sean. Oh, yeah. He's very dope. Yeah. he. I mean, he puts it down, like, for real. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of artists out there. You got your 42 Dugs out there. And uh, then, you know, you had Team East. Ice Boy Vezo. Right. Vezo. Uh, signed with Motown and stuff. And I like Vezo. But, and then 42 Doug and... um. Which basically got a deal off rapping about the death of uh, Team Eastside Snoop. Team Eastside Snoop, who was a very popular rapper from Detroit, who was actually uh, just having to be your, your cousin. So, des- yeah. d- describe um, Snoop to you and what Snoop meant to mu- music and Detroit. Well, Snoop, he was, of course, he was my big cousin, so I already looked up to him from being around him. But he, uh, once he begin to make music it was like already like inspirational because that's what I like to do so I would you know ask for performance and stuff like that but he became really big over the years from making music to being in, in the group Team Side or Hustle Boys or Ghetto Boys and making um parties and stuff like that so he made his name big himself by just being him around the city and he really like a legend at this point ever since he passed because everywhere you look you'll see a recipe soda a recipe snoop on everybody's page or whatever like speak on them they all know him 
So when I made that song tributed to him, everybody be feeling it because they be like, like I really know him and I feel what you're saying. I know about Cedar Grove and all that. So yeah, he was a he was like a gem of the city. Okay. All right, some peace soda, you know, uh get people to um uh, yeah, Snoop. Okay, give them the title um to the song where they can look it up on YouTube. Oh, you said Long Live Snoop. Oh, well, the title, yeah, well, the title is actually Long Live Snoop. Okay. I love Rika on YouTube. Okay, and you got other several videos on YouTube. And you know, it's all everything is always a work in progress. You know, uh, and movement and stuff. And so you hooked up with Al Prophet at one time. How was it working? How was it like working with Al? Oh, Al is definitely a dope person. He's very supportive. He's not looking to overshine anybody or overstep any boundaries. He just sees some talent and just want to help. So it was a good good experience going out to California both times over the summer. I got to shoot videos and meet some celebrities and mingle at some day parties with a lot of high-end people. So... It was a good experience, and he's still a great friend. We're still working together, so that's a great little um, networking that I did with him because he has a good name as well. So mm-hmm. if he, you know, he was looking towards me, so I must have some type of potential. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, he's he, um, a well-known person, you know, with a lot of networking stuff um, going on and stuff like that but what about other people that tried to reach out to you um about your music um i've had motown records reach out to me for their uh accelerator program i actually did a mixer with them and um i uh went out to atlanta did a performance for a young jock i actually have some a and r's from quality control um interested in working with me mm-hmm. so yeah i've been um getting noticed by a few people lately okay all right so what do you have coming up next what's coming up next for little rika well next um i have a few more visuals to shoot from my last uh, mixtape regina george it's on all digital platforms before i drop my ep it's called east side Princess. Only gonna have seven songs on it, and it's basically just gonna be an intro before my next project comes. Okay. What about performing wise? Um, I have a big show coming up on November 29th at Truth. It's with uh, I Swear Vezo, Four Two Twin, John Boy, and um, Bees, and I'm actually a headliner. It's a concert after party for. YFN Lucci. So that's November 29th. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a couple other performances I'm putting down for my Lipstick Gang tour. I'm supposed to do Mixed Bricks Town for Bianca Band mm-hmm. um, in two weeks on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I have a few shows coming up. And you also had the pleasure of actually recording a song with Soda. Yes, we have a song. It's called Tag Him In. Mm-hmm. How was it like working with him and actually getting him to be on the song with you? Oh, it was uh, dope. It was definitely a vibe. We was in there. He was ready for me to go straight in. Like, go ahead, cuz. I want to see what you got. 
Mm-hmm. So I had went first, and he was just like, oh, that was sweet, that was sweet. And then I'm like, well, I got an idea for the hook, but y'all can say it. He was like, no, I want you to see. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and said it, and like, yep, that's exactly how it's supposed to sound. I like that. Then he hopped on there, and it was like, oh, that was cool. So it was just a good collab. And our other cousin was on there as well, G Stacks. He was at the end. Okay. We all just snapped on the song. It was a good song. Yeah, okay. All cousins on there, all first cousins on top of that. Right. Okay. And then when you actually did the video, you had the other the female cousins in, in that video. Yeah, the long list snoop video. I had um all my first female cousins in the main scenes and then we had scenes from from on his birthday when we went to the cemetery, all the family was in those scenes. Okay. So I can how can people find you on social media? And if um, people if people want to book you, get uh, give them that information too. Okay, they can find me on um, Instagram at two underscores C O S T A R E E K A A as Costa Rica or Rica Bars. Rica got bars on Twitter. Um, you can book me by reaching out to my email address at rica.smith at gmail and then I'll get back with you with pricing information. And have y'all deposit ready too. And you got a new vlog. <laughs> you got a new vlog you just started. Uh, uh, tell us about the vlog before we hang up. Oh yeah, my vlog series is on my YouTube account. Um, it's Rika Smith uh, on YouTube, just like my email address. Um, it is basically like a travel vlog showing the day in the life of everything that I got going on. It's any events pop up, I'm a blog get it uh you basically studio sessions, um, getting to know me as a person and what I do on a day to day basis or just updates on what might be coming up in my career. Okay. All right. Thank you, Miss Rika, for coming on the show. This is the CG Podcast Show. Uh, you're very welcome. You always welcome back. Uh, we support you one hundred percent. And I'll definitely be back. All right, thank you. Thank you. This is Said G, host of the Said G podcast show. If you would like to support this podcast by making a donation, you can make a one-time contribution by clicking the support this podcast link. Or you can go to the description and click the merchandise link and purchase an item there. I am looking to fund a radio station, so your support is very important. You can also show support by sharing this podcast on your social media platform. Thank you and one love, family. Yes, we back on the CG podcast show. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. And right about now, we continuing this quest, uh, talking about entertainment with this particular podcast. And we have a music, well, I can say entertainment industry veteran on the phone. We go way back, and I did several interviews with him before. And of course, we back at it again. I got my man Dex from Spencer Brand Inc. on the line. Welcome to the show, Dex. Hey, hey, man, glad y'all can have me, man. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, we appreciate you all taking your time out to do this with us. Uh, like I said, we go way back. I pretty much know your story, but with this new podcast thing, let's, let's revisit uh, your story. Uh, let's go back, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background uh, in terms of working in the industry. Well, you know, uh, I started out in the, in the day, in the good old days where, you know, you had to go and work for the major big dogs, you know, free and come call an internship. You know, I think that we've gone away from that concept now, but that's exactly how it started. Um, I grew up in North Mississippi. Uh, I got involved in the music industry initially, wanted to manage my baby brother's group. Uh, he was an artist and... You know, a couple of his friends started a group and, you know, they started to catch a buzz throughout North Mississippi. And the whole reasoning for me to go to Atlanta uh, was to expand what we had. You know, there's some things that actually didn't work out with that initial group that my brother was a part of. But, you know, it allowed me to get my feet wet here in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, just being relentless with my pursuits of, of trying to get into internships, uh, you know, I remember... Uh, you know, specifically meeting guys like Rico Wade and, you know, and, you know, eventually, you know, I still can't get an internship with them and uh, going over to Lil John and BME when they initially started. And, you know, on one of these quests, uh, I eventually go to Patchwork Studios and Patchwork Studios tells me, you know, on several occasions that they don't have any internships available, you know, so I'm just going door to door, but at the same time, I'm being persistent in patchwork. To be honest with you, I just think the guy that was behind the desk uh, was tired of seeing me. So one day, he <laughs> said, uh, <laughs> honestly, man, and this is just how persistent and, and, and Will uh, works. Uh, he gives me, he said, you know what? We don't have any internships here, but we just uh, closed the record for a patchwork. Patchwork used to also have a record company, and uh, the president of the record company uh you know, he started his own company. We give you his page number, and that guy ended up being my mentor. So, you know, it's just a lesson in, you know, uh, where I come from and kind of like, you know, how I got involved in the industry because that internship led to me uh, learning the promo game and how to promote and sell an artist properly. And, you know, this is far before I ever became an executive because my idea was that I wanted to learn how to sell an artist before I could actually represent one effect of Okay, now you say you grew up, um, where you from, northern Mississippi. Uh, what yeah. part were you from and how was it growing up in that community? How was it for you growing up there? Yeah, man, shout out to the Ville, man, uh, in Coffeyville, Mississippi, man. Listen, man, we were pretty much, you know, the average sleeping town, uh, to be honest with you, up until uh, the introduction of the crack era. In face, I can actually remember that in my my small town, as small as it was, because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, guys that I looked up to were smokers, and, mm. you know, and this being me being, it, me being honest, you know, and uh, they were smokers, and, and, you know, all of my friends, you know, they disappearing, you know, on, on you know, murder charges and things of this nature, and, mm -hmm. you know, some of them actually have money in the streets as well, you right. know, so there's, now, there was that side of the game also where, you know, guys actually eating out of that little small town like that. Right. So, uh, you know, once that it, it, that was introduced, you know, you already have uh, a great history of violence, you know, uh, unfortunately in that area, like a lot of small towns in Mississippi. Uh, so 
we had our challenges in that neighborhood, I guess you would have in uh, any black neighborhood uh, in America, to be real with you. Uh, with us, it was just a little more concentrated. And I think uh, as a result of that, unfortunately, it made, you know, the environment a little bit more hostile and violent because, you know, here in Atlanta, you know, these guys, you know, and that's no disrespect to them, but, you know, a guy from the east side of Atlanta can have words with the guys from the west side of Atlanta. And, you know, there's space and opportunity, but, you know, nothing ever really evolved with that. But, you know, when you grow up in a small community like I'm from, you know, there's only so many stores, there's only so many gas stations. Let's be real. You know, you're going to see me before the day is out there. There's no high in front of me. So that tends to uh, bring, bring out that macho side even more because everything you do is under microscope. And mm-hmm. people are... Uh, you know, they, 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 they're really concerned about their reputation and that led to a lot of problems. That led to a lot of problems going on. Okay. Okay. And that's one of the things I say coming from like a, a bigger city and I, I went in areas like you described and you come, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that stuff like that would be going on. You know, it's like coming from the big, especially from up north and they look at people come from there like them people country, ain't nothing going on down there. Then you actually go there, they got gangbangers, they got dudes that's getting money, it's the murder, they murdering folks and stuff like that. That's the the, the, the thing people in them bigger cities don't know It's popping them little small areas too. Right, and that's not to glorify that on, right. on account of this, you, know, you know, our street credibility or whatever the case yeah. may be, like mm-hmm. I said. Again, I want to reiterate, you know, we had the same uh, factors and elements that any, you know, hood in America would have had. Right. You know, but we had a deeper challenge because, you know, the people where I'm from, you know, it, it takes me moving to Atlanta to understand that uh, it was very oppressed, you know, and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a, it was it was crazy to see the population where I'm from. If you look it up, it's, it's not that many people in that town, but we're predominantly black. But mm-hmm. at the same time, when you look at the delegators and the mayor and the school board, mm-hmm. and, you know, anybody of a decision or a lawmaking body, you know, they uh, are a city official for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, they're white. Right. Okay. So, mm-hmm. You know, you just, you, it takes you to remove yourself from that environment. Right. To be able to look and see that, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I say. No, here in Atlanta, face that mm-hmm. we've had a black mayor in Atlanta, right. and this might be a misquote, but I think since the late seventies, mm-hmm. think about that. Right, right, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I had to learn a lot about me moving out of my environment. Once I was away from the environment, and I go back, I can see what's wrong, you know. And then one of the things I'd say was a major difference between. The north and the south. I looked at the south as more. No disrespect to the south or the north, but uh, you're listening to the CG podcast show. Um, but I say the southern, the south is more oppressed, whereas the north is more depressed. You know, because when I talk to people up north and stuff, that's one of the top things they say. I'm depressed. You know, um, that's the I, one. That, I I could agree wholeheartedly with you with that statement. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, man. But like I said, it takes for you to move around to actually notice some of this stuff, you know. Um, but yeah. moving to... Come over. Go ahead. Yeah, moving to Atlanta, uh, which would be an adjustment of anybody moving somewhere else, you know. 
And you would think that, uh, well, we somewhat the same. We should be. And when you actually get there, it's a whole nother culture. It's a whole nother language. Um, how was it for you adjusting to Atlanta coming from Coffeeville? Well, you got, you got a huge culture shock. Uh, it, let's not forget that you're still in the southern city, but a lot of people, when I moved here, you know, there was a great migration to Atlanta. So you don't just have people from Atlanta here. You have people here from far in between in the country, right. you know, mainly the East Coast. Right. And then, you know, around 2005, you know, there's a lot of people from Cali that moved out here. So mm-hmm. the adjustment was, honestly, it was a, it, it was a, it made me more well-rounded because now I'm interacting with just different people and they're able to tell me about artists and, you know, different movements and, you know, got home. Now, all of a sudden, I got home from Houston, Texas mm-hmm. and they're putting me on screws and chop music. So, it was a, you know, it was an interesting time, man. For me. I, you know, I'm a guy that likes to collect different things from different cultures. So, I got home from Florida and they put me on plies and, you know, I remember hearing about plies, you know, way before he broke and that's just because I got home from Florida now, so, right. You know that I think that was it was a great thing. Okay, and you worked um around other certain other artists, uh, franchise boys. You worked along with Grand Hustle and stuff like that. Uh, tell me about the experience uh, working with those artists and companies. Oh man, oh man, it was it was a beautiful thing because you know where you from and and, and, and where I'm from. But I should say in Coffeeville, Mississippi, there is no black-owned. There's hardly any black-owned uh, businesses, regard uh, uh, whatever way you look at it. You know where I'm from, uh, especially at the time that I'm growing up. Right. And you get out here and you see these multi-million-dollar companies, and you see these black uh, CEOs and owners of these companies, and you know these guys are not guys that are just you with their information, you know, they're willing to share their knowledge as long as you're willing to prove to them uh, your work ethic and that you're serious about your career. Uh, I think it was just, it was, it was a wonderful experience, man, because I've seen a lot of those artists that got recruited into those companies that I ended up working with personally, and I've seen them come from, you know, environments that wasn't so uh, kind, and all of a sudden they're in Germany performing. Right. It, 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 it's an experience, man. And to be a part of that, you know, I'm very proud of that. But that, that came with a lot of work because prior to coming to those companies, um, I kind of just had a leap of faith. Not that I'm a very uh, outpouring guy. I think that's the one thing that prevented me from actually being an artist is being stage, having stage uh, fright. Okay. But I ended up hosting several open mics on the west side of Atlanta just off the strength that I wanted to develop relationships and not only that it seems that I the kind of music that I gravitated towards too in the city right. uh, they were from the west side so I got myself involved I ended up, ended up signing a couple of groups from there and you know I became involved initially because this is a great way to promote my artists at the same time and they're going to be performing so we what what I didn't plan for is developing all these other relationships with other artists where you know we were able to make money together even though I didn't represent them you know I was able to book shows for them and okay. you know the whole night you name it plug them with production companies and labels as well right okay Okay, and then, then you know, uh, you mostly known, uh, of course, around around Atlanta. You you got your resume, 
but just say on a sense of uh, nationally, you, you're mostly known as managing groups and stuff like right. that. Uh, right. But right now you got this new brand, Spencer Brand Inc. And uh, I want to know what's the inspiration behind the title Spencer Brand Inc. Because you right now you're stepping into your name sounds. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I can just say more professionalism. It don't sound so urban, which is still cool. You know, you still deal with ur urban things or whatever. But what's the inspiration about behind the title Spencer Brand Inc.? Uh, I'm, I'm glad you asked that, man. That's actually paying homage uh, to my grandfather, man. R.I.P. Uh, to my granddad, man. I lost him a few years ago, but my granddad was the first businessman in my family. Okay. Uh, he owned a couple of pool halls and he was just always on that entrepreneurial side mm -hmm. and as a uh, result of that his son my uncle Robert ended up uh, owning his own um, auto repair business you know he was doing pain body work like just some amazing work okay. uh, and I got a chance to see that uh, in the summertime you know, I'd go to St. Louis my mom would send me to St. Louis and mm -hmm. I'd work for my uncle and it was just a beautiful thing to watch a black man even though he wasn't in Mississippi he was from where I'm from obviously because mm -hmm. he's my uncle but right. it's a beautiful thing that my uncle run his own business so it's paying homage to the both of them because I learned from both of them alright that's uh, that's inspirational right there and then I, you know that's one. I always say my grandfather, me myself, put me on to that because he worked at Ford for like 30, 30 years or something or so. And it got to the point where they basically forced him out of the job and made him retire. You know, he had nice retirement and stuff like that, but he wasn't ready to stop working, you know. And he told me, if you if you if you can help it, try to start your own business. He, I understand you working and you taking care of your family and all that stuff. He said one of the best things you can do is start your own business because now you can retire when you want to retire. Would you say that's a good I, assessment? Absolutely, man. And I think we were both fortunate to have our grandfathers because if, if you're in the black community and you actually had a grandfather you got to experience that, then you were literally around just a wisdom tree constantly. And I had great relationships with both of my grandfathers. And they, like, you know, they lived to be in their 90s. And I remember talking to both of them and hear why they were maybe in their late 80s, uh, right before they passed. But, and uh, I just remember, like, wow, you know, I got one grandfather that's sitting here that's 88, the other one is 89. This is almost 200 years of wisdom. Right. And it's the best kind of wisdom because it's the wisdom that I come from. Okay. And, and the understanding of yourself is, is key. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's there, you know, while the women are the cornerstone, stone, mm -hmm. they're the wisdom tree. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about the company a little bit. Um, tell us about the company, the actual Spencer brand company. What, what is it all about? What should people expect from Spencer brand Inc.? Well, we are the void and we feel the void in the market because the record companies left that wide open. And what I mean by that is that there's no such thing as A&R departments at, uh, major record companies. There's no artist development deals. There's no uh, information that's readily available uh, that we feel like is imperative that the artist should be educated on. Uh, not only that, we preach a lot of entrepreneurship as well. You know, we I, I just recently helped quite a few artists this year to develop their own record companies, mm -hmm. uh, set up their own publishing companies, make sure that they have text ID numbers, EIN, 
whatever that may be required from them. So literally, when it comes to them building their record companies, mm-hmm. we can guide them from literally, if you we want to use a house, building a house as a metaphor, we can show you how to do that from foundation to the last shingle on the roof. Okay. And how was that trend on um, transition from the actual managing and booking shows? And, and you know, sometimes um, you want to create another line. You want to be much of an entrepreneur, sure, uh, much of an entrepreneur as you can, you know. And there's so many lanes right now, especially with the internet. Uh, how would you incorporate the internet in with Spencer Brand Inc. and how people actually? getting their businesses out there and, and reaching the masses. It is the greatest thing since sliced bread, first. Let me tell you, and you know that personally, man, because, mm-hmm. you know, I meet people and I get to talk to people all over the world. Right. And, you know, just for that matter, you know, it, it just puts you on another level. And we just feel like we're embracing the times. I feel like a lot of times the record companies kind of fight the wave, right. even though they know it's coming, even though, you know, when they could, they could see CDs and compact, you know, compact discs being fade, getting faded out, but they didn't want to embrace the MP3 culture, but it was going to come regardless. So, you know, we represent the, the personnel that can actually understand, look, things are changing, you know, this is the streaming era. era. This is what you need to be doing. You need to get in contact with these people and make sure you can get on their playlist. And music is just being broken in so many different ways. Like you got Instagram and you got Twitter and you got, you know, influencers. It, these people are not disc jockeys. They're not DJs. They're right. just influencers. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's we're embracing that and, and, and we're not fighting that. You know, this is the new business model. This is how music is being broken, and we're we're embracing that. And it's all internet based, right? whether it's Apple Music and I mean, you name it. It's all internet based. Okay, you're listening to the Sedge Podcast Show. I have Dex online right now, the CEO, the CEO of Spencer Brand Inc. Um, he's yeah, been. Yeah. Yeah, he's been uh, promoting his new business uh, over the past couple of months. He's been bringing in clients and stuff like that. And like I said, I go way back with him. So, uh, you know, I definitely endorse whatever he has going on. And uh, tell us what else you got going on right now. Oh, well, you know, I just recently, I don't want to really make a a full-blown on announcement, but, you know, I just recently accepted uh, going into a different endeavor, and that would be actually representing uh, talent on the animation side. And mm-hmm. I just discovered a project that I thought was amazing. I feel like it would be a challenge. And not only that, uh, performing a production team with one of my longtime collaborators and a guy that uh, was the uh, head of my A&R department, um, Kurt Henry. You know, so we've started a production company. So it's about expanding and involving and you know, making the best use of your time, man. I got 24 hours in a day, and I try to make a good use of all of All right, all right. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. You know, well, we're definitely going to do it again. Uh, how can people get in contact with you? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Spencer Brand Inc. At Spencer Brand Inc. That's the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. On Instagram. And at The Real Dex. And Twitter. All right. All right. So now say, for instance, uh, somebody want to hire you, um, hire your firm. 
Uh, do they send, send a DM to you or can they email you? Uh, how can they talk to you? Go ahead. That's, I think that's the perfect way not to cut you off, Faith. I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the perfect way that they can actually contact me. Instagram, I'm always checking my DMs off. Um, it won't be hard at all to contact you. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Dex, man. I want to thank you for coming on, man. And uh, we appreciate you, man, always, man. We support you 100, and, you know, it's all about Spencer Brand, Inc. Hey, man, appreciate it, man. And shout out to the Fed G Podcast, man. This is do to be the number one podcast. <laughs> all right, man, appreciate you. All right. All right. Hey, y'all. Uh, Hello, family. And once again, awesome episode. And right now, I want to thank my guest, Minister Juan Monroe Wright L. Go check out his book, The Free Inhabitants of Several States, The Forgotten Proof Who African Americans Really Are. It's a must read. The talented hip hop artist, Lil Rika. You can look her up on YouTube and all digital distribution platforms. An entertainment consulting firm, Spencer Brand Inc. If you're looking for a consultation in the entertainment industry, Mr. Spencer is the guy you want on your team. Be looking for my next episode, which is part two of Mental Health with Ms. Brandy Flynn as we finish our discussion on good mental health. Uh, it's an important issue, I think, it's in this country, so I want to do my part um, by spreading awareness. Appreciate you, family. Chicken up.